Nationally syndicated conservative Christian columnist Cal Thomas has been dropped from the Dallas Morning News after 20-plus years. We'll talk with Cal Thomas about that. And a Texas man was no-billed this week after killing two men burglarizing his neighbor's home. Is it ever acceptable for Christians to use force in the defense of others or property? This is Jerry Johnson live from Crystal College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941. A date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. All right, I'm sure all of you remember this song by the birds, borrowing the words from Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8. As they sing about a time for everything. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to A time to kill and a time to heal. It's a really difficult subject for us as Christians to take up, and I I do want us to take it up, at least for the the first half hour that we have together today. And it's a great privilege for me to be able to spend this time with you. Really happy to be on the air with you and uh, hope you enjoy the time we get to spend. I hope you're on your way to a really good, intense, deep, enriching, encouraging, rewarding Bible study somewhere on a Wednesday night. If y'all don't do Wednesday nights, I I hope you get to find that encouragement in your own personal devotional time tonight. Uh, It's always a long week from one Sunday to the next. So, And I hope for uh, my good friends in church that they'll have a good time in their prayer meeting and Bible study tonight as well. Now, my reason for saying all of that is because we need our lives as Christians to be shaped by our faith, by what we believe from the Scriptures themselves. And and I mean that about practical things as well. And one of the practical questions that we have to ask is whether there is ever a time for a Christian to participate in violence. In fact, I'm going to open the lines up to you right now. We have a couple of examples of violence taking place today, some of it horrific and inexcusable, but in the same token, uh, even at the same event, uh, violence taking place, which actually brought an end to the terrible things that were happening. And I want to know if you think it's justified for a Christian. Now, in these cases, we're not necessarily talking about Christians. In one case, I think we're, we're certainly not talking about a Christian doing it. But if it's ever right, would it be right for a Christian to participate in any kind of violence at all, a police activity, a military activity, uh, the, the, the resolution like the man in Pasadena that we'll talk about in a little bit of a burglary of your neighbor's house? 
spouse or someone breaking into your house to harm your own family? Would it ever be right for you to use violence to bring an end to that situation? One of, and uh, I'm going to invite you to call in now as soon as we get through these uh, introductory stories. I'd like to have your opinion on this uh, because I think there's more diversity on this than people think. And uh, I'm adamantly uh, defending the perspective that violence is not only justifiable sometimes, it's the only right thing to do sometimes. And uh, I want to be able to describe what those times are and why that's important to us. So uh, the phone number is 1-800-881-9270 if you're interested in calling and commenting on whether violence is ever acceptable for a Christian, for a believer actually to participate in it. The number is 1-800-881-9270. And uh, let's take this example first. This really strange attack took place in Jerusalem today because of the means of the attack, which was a bulldozer. A Palestinian drove a huge bulldozer down the main street of Jerusalem alongside a construction site, smashing cars and overturning a bus, bashing vehicles with a heavy shovel on the yellow tractor, before an off-duty Israeli soldier managed to climb up to the cab and shoot him dead. Police say the Palestinian lived in the Arab section of Jerusalem. It's one of the most bizarre attacks in a city that's seen dozens of them over the years. Mark Levy, Tel Aviv. Well, violence just seems to proliferate in the Middle East. Of course, it's not really just there. Uh, there is as much violence here in many ways as there is there. But it certainly is more reported, more intense, uh, more sporadic, a little more random, things like that. And so uh, it gets a little more attention. But, you know, what I find particularly interesting is not only that there is the violence of the attack, but there is also the violence of the man who was off-duty and climbed onto that bulldozer and did what's almost unthinkable for us. I would, I would hate ever to think about having to do this and shot a man point blank in order to stop his violent attack on other people. And I, I respond to that just frankly by saying thank you for intervening on behalf of other victims who were going to face terrible consequences. The injury, the number of people injured by this is up to 57 now. I believe that's the number that we have. 57 who were injured in addition to the three who were killed. So, uh, you know, it's a perfect example of misunderstanding what it means to promote peace. Sometimes the only way to peace is righteously to exercise violence. And I, I hate that it's that way, but it is that way. The fact that I hate it is actually uh, almost regrettable. We'll, we'll talk about why I think that is uh, in just a little bit as we have the time. I want to play another clip on that, but before we do, we've got a couple of callers I want to get to, and I'm going to try to keep the callers from having to wait forever uh, before we can get to them today. So I want to join Paul in Dallas first. Thank you so much for calling, Paul. What's on your mind? Well, I think that if we're to uh, defend ourselves or to defend our family or to defend our country, that's what it takes, and absolutely. We have to use that, whatever it takes to do that. Okay, and I, I think most people do respond that way, at least uh, in the general population. Most of us respond by saying, you know, if, if you're acting in self-defense, what could be wrong with it? There's actually this doctrine that deals with other areas more than this, but it's called the doctrine of the double effect. And that is when you have to do something and it brings about two results, and one of those results is bad, is it still justifiable to do it? And uh, there are certain criteria that have to be met to say that it is, but that self-defense is justified in that way often, and we can talk more about that if somebody wants to ask about it later on. Uh, and I think that's basically what you're saying. Uh, you hate to use violence, hate for it to be there, but if it's in self-defense or in defense of the country or in defense of someone else's life, uh, it might be worth doing. Thanks very much, Paul, for your opinion. I appreciate that. I want to join Steve in Arlington before I return there tonight to go home and ask what you're thinking about all this. Steve, thanks for calling. 
Well, I agree with the last caller. If uh, I'm the father of four daughters, I have a, have eight grandchildren. I have a beautiful wife, and if I have to defend them, uh, I will do so. I, I'm, I actually have a I have a firearm. I have right to carry, and uh, hate, would would hate to ever have to use it. But if I did, I would use it and and uh, use it well. <laughs> I I understand exactly what you're saying. We had a case of that uh, just this week in uh, Pasadena, Texas. Not uh, the actual event, but a man you know uh, no build from a grand jury on that uh, very thing. And uh, you know, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Do you ever, Steve? Are you still there? Because I kind of want to ask you a question. Yes, I am. I'm still uh, just, just want to ask you if you're comfortable answering it. I, I'd love for you to answer it. And that is, uh, do you say? Do, first of all, are you a Christian? Yes, I am. Okay, so uh, you know Jesus Christ personally as your Savior. I do. Okay, and it's your goal to follow Him. Is yes. Right? All right. Good deal. Uh, and uh, you know, I understand some people call who aren't, so that's why I asked. So now, with that said, uh, do you? You know. Does it bother you at all to think that somebody might ask you and say, do, do you seriously believe Jesus would use violence against someone? Now, I'm asking you that, you know, from the other perspective. But I, I just kind of want to know, do you do you think about that at all? Do you have an opinion about that at all? Well, I, uh, it, it, it seems to me that, that Jesus instructed his disciples to... Right. To purchase and carry a sword, you know they only needed a couple, but they they wanted to have protection. Right, so, right, okay, uh, a well-known passage. You know, I think he would do that. Yeah, there was a time when he said, uh, you know, before I told you not to carry a sword, but now I'm telling you to carry a sword. So I understand what you're saying, Steve. I, I appreciate that. I, I do think a lot of people also refer to the temple experience, even though he didn't inflict inflict uh, injury on anyone necessarily in that circumstance. He was certainly using force uh, to make his point about the tables in the temple where they were cheating people uh, out of their money. Okay. Okay, so I appreciate that call very much. I want to go to Gene now in Valley View and say, Gene, thank you so much for calling. Uh, do you think it's justifiable or not for Christians to, persi- to participate in violence? Uh, the word violence means unwarranted force, and I have trouble with, with <laughs> obviously, the word Obviously, that's a loaded now, word, yes. It is, it is because right. violence is someone coming against you and trying to harm you. Now, right. that's violence and do mayhem. But when you are protecting yourself, that's warranted force. Yeah, well, let's clean up the word and just use force. Let's and say, yes, do you believe in the use of physical you know, force? You know, and aggression is unwarranted protection or whatever. So, And if you look into the military, you know, that's the same thing. They're using a force, but they aren't being violent, and uh, they're only using as much force as it takes to take care of the situation. Yeah, I, I actually am comfortable the using the word violence in a broader sense, but I understand what you're saying. I don't want to get caught up on which definition right. of the word we're going to use, but I, I do think you're making an important point that if you use the word violence implying that it's unwarranted use of force, then of course it's not warranted because that's what the word means. Right. Uh, but our point is that there is a use of force which could be justifiable even for believers. Now, obviously, I believe this. We're going to talk some more about this in just a minute. Uh, but, I, you know, I'd love to hear from somebody who doesn't because I, I really have a difficult time. I understand where the argument comes from that says Christians should not participate in the use of force or in the use of violence, whichever word you want to use. But, uh, man, I, I don't hold that perspective at all, and I think it's a really difficult perspective to justify biblically, although I'd love to bring up some of the Bible passages that are normally used to talk about pacifism, this idea that we just do not participate in force like that at all as believers. Gene, thanks so much for your call. I appreciate that. I know we've got one more I want to try to get to before we go to the next sound, and that's Tina in Fort Worth. We're glad that you called. What's your opinion, Tina? Yes, I'm very much uh, for if you have to have violence or force, we have to do that. We cannot be meek 
and sit down and let the wicked run the country. Now, you're saying we can't be meek. I just want to play devil's advocate for a moment. I used the word uh, carefully, but it's true. Um, uh, you know, Jesus did say we need to be meek. That's exactly what he tells us to be, that that's the right. way to inherit the earth and so on. So uh, did you say meek or did you say weak or what did you say exactly? Just want to make sure weak. I heard you right. You cannot be weak. weak. You not, cannot just always give in to evil. Okay. And, and having, you know, violence Towards you, that is not, you know, you did not go out and look for it. You did not, well, uh, like that man stopping everybody. Don't, he don't didn't you th- look for it, but yeah. he had to stand up and do it. Well, don't you think there's a way to respond to evil by being, uh, now I'm again playing devil's advocate here, but don't you think there's a way to respond to evil without using force? That is, uh, to, to, to be willing to say, I trust God. I, I value eternal life more than this life. I am willing to, to die now, and so on. Don't you think that's a reasonable Christian statement? That is a very reasonable Christian statement. Oh. And there is time <laughs> I'm disappointed to hear that. To do that. <laughs> yes. Well, there are times when we have to be willing to make the self-sacrifice. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go along with you on that, absolutely. Uh, but self-sacrifice is a different thing from watching someone else suffer and not being willing to step in and do something about it. In fact, Proverbs 24 makes it pretty clear that if we see others being drawn to death and then we say, oh, I'm not going to do anything about that. I just don't see it. I, I don't have to worry about that. When we don't step in to do something, about it, we are the ones who will face judgment from God because we've refused to step in and get involved. So, uh, yeah, you just think about this. You think about those shootings that were going on in Garland. Would you not intervene, even using force if you had to, in order to stop that from happening? And not only would you do it, but it would, would it not be wrong if you were not willing to step in and help? And not just with, oh, hey, I, I don't think you should do that. I, I sure hope you'll stop. If you, if you wouldn't mind, I, I'd like for you to stop this crime, sir. Not just with that, but actually stepping in and being willing to use force to do it. Now, this is from a person, I, I have no desire to use that kind of force at all. I really don't. I would be very uncomfortable with it, but I would do it if I believed it was right in that circumstance to do it. I would not, I would not hold back because my commitment is to do what I believe is right. We've got some other callers on the line, and I want to get to them, and I want to play some other audio for you also. It's pretty interesting on this subject, some things that have been going on this week as soon as we come back after this break. And then, you won't want to miss, we get to talk to Cal Thomas at 5.30. There are some interesting things that have happened with his column here in the Metroplex area and some opinions he has about Obama that I also want us to get to right here on Jerry Johnson Live. I thought my life was too busy for me to get a master's degree. But Criswell College makes it easy. Did you know that you can now get a Master of Divinity degree in just one day a week? If I can fit this into my schedule, I know you can too. Come to Criswell College on Mondays and increase your education for more effective ministry. With concentrations in pastoral ministry, evangelism, Jewish studies, counseling, philosophy, and more, you can build your personal ministry with a master's degree or go on to get your doctorate. You'll study with some of the most distinguished professors in the nation and get plenty of hands-on experience outside the classroom. All it takes is one day a week. Come join me and my friends on the Criswell College campus and get your Master of Divinity degree. One day, one place. The new MDiv Monday program at Criswell College. Call us at 800-899-0012. 
or check us out at criswell.edu. Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Criswell College. See us on the web at criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. To everything, turn, turn, turn. Here is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time to every purpose of heaven. A time of All right, we got a time of war and a time of peace, but is it ever acceptable for Christians? Not just thinking about uh, history in general or how the world works, but is there a time for Christians to participate in the use of force in order to, uh, for instance, restrain violence or uh, to express uh, righteousness in this world? What you know, what this guy was going through in Pasadena wasn't really violence against him. It wasn't against him at all. They were burglarizing his neighbor's house, and uh, he went outside and shot them with his shotgun. I want to play some audio of that for you in just a few minutes, but uh, before we get to that, I want to get to the callers who are on the line. And if you're interested in calling in about this, the number again is 1-800-881-9270. I'd love to hear your opinion. would love to hear from you if you'd just like to say, hey, Look at this verse in the Bible. How on earth can you justify using force of any kind, violence or anything else? How can you justify that? If uh, you're going to look at this verse in the New Testament, call me up and give me that verse. I would love for us to talk about it. I would love for us to talk about the Christian perspective on this subject. Now, the, call, the lines are full right this moment, but if you call and get a busy signal, just call right back, and uh, we'll get you on as quickly as we can. So I'm going to start with Robert in Fort Worth. We love to join you there. Glad to have you calling in. I want to ask what you're thinking about it. Hello, how you doing, Dr. Kramer? Hey, I'm fine. Thanks for holding on so long. Oh, no problem. Hey, just want to say thank you real quick. Um, uh, I'm from Fort... I've just moved to Fort Worth. Right, okay. Over at Clean Meadows Baptist Church, and you are... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, from San Angelo. Yeah. Great to talk yeah, to you. So I just want to say thank you very much for your leadership, and now I'm at Fort Worth going to seminary, learning huh? Turbo Greek. <laughs> Excellent. That's so, tough to do in the summer. Uh, yeah, yeah. My, my statement was... Uh, if something was happening to my wife and son, I would not right. be able to just sit by and let it happen. I would right. have to do something about it. Right. You know, um, you know, I've actually heard a missionary say that uh, he had made the personal commitment that if someone were to come into his home and threaten his family, that he would allow them to do it, and that he felt like that was a sacrifice he would make for Christ. Now, I just want to—I mean, do you have any reaction to that statement at all? He was very committed to the idea that he was making a sacrifice for Christ by being willing— uh, even to allow his family to be violated. Uh, I, I does that two thoughts on that. Yeah, go. One, scripturally speaking, um, and, I, and I don't want to take the scriptures further than what they're meant to be, but sure. uh, even Jesus shows us that there are times in which we can have a righteous anger yeah. and act on that. Right. He's not going to give us warm fuzzies, but when he turned over the money changers' tables, that was an act expressing his anger, and it was a righteous anger. Sure. Uh, so yeah, good. Speaking, we can take things and we can say, okay, based upon that, 
within the context description of what Jesus taught, yeah. there are certain times in which we can... Yeah, and, and there's a difference way. between anger and force. You don't even have to be angry to use force. And you don't have to decide that you're going to act because of your anger, even if you are angry when force is needed. You can act on force independently of that. So, man, Robert, thank you for calling, and also just thanks for the reminder of St. Angelo and the blessed time I had there at Glen Meadows Baptist Church. That was great. So I appreciate that very much. Uh, let's see. Bob is our next caller. Appreciate you calling, Bob. And Terrell, uh, what's on your mind, Bob? Yes, Dr. Kramer, just because we're Christians don't mean we've got to turn into Obamacans. <laughs> and uh, if my family's being threatened, if I'm being threatened... I'm going to take a gun, I'm going to blow their brains out. Well, I, you know, I, I think the problem here, Bob, is that uh, if you say it that way, it does put a little too much glee in the destruction of the wicked. I mean, there is a proverb that says that when we rejoice in the death of the wicked, God is not pleased with that. And uh, it's the same thing. I mean, God himself is talking about in Ezekiel 28 when he says he has no joy in the death of the wicked. So we don't want to take joy in it or glee in it, but I know what you mean. Uh, It is righteous to defend that which is right. It is a good thing to do. Now, it's not good to do that above and beyond what we're called to do or commissioned to do. It is certainly possible that God could call us not to do that. Uh, I just don't believe he has. And so I want us to be able to talk about it fairly and uh, be able to raise the question of whether pacifism is an expectation of believers. Now, if you want to chime in on this, if you have an opinion about it, the number is 1-800-881-9270. You better call pretty quickly, and we'll try to squeeze you in right before the bottom of the hour. Now, uh, what we've had happen recently in Pasadena is that this fellow Joe Horn, a red-cheeked grandfather uh, with a shotgun, uh, saw his neighbor's house being robbed. And I just want to play a little of the 911 tape for you so you'll have an idea of what was going on and how this escalated from simply a call describing what was happening to a circumstance where uh, some people ended up dead. Pass day 911, what is your emergency? Uh, burglars breaking into a house next door. Uh, I've got a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want me to stop them? Nope, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> Ain't no property worth shooting somebody over, okay? Well, they're breaking in right now. They're in their house. Mm-hmm. I'm watching them. Hurry up, man. Catch these guys, will you? Because I ain't going to let them go. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to let them go. I'm not going to let them get away with it. I'm not hanging up, but I'm telling you right now, I don't like this kind of stuff, man. This is ridiculous. Yes, sir, it is. There's a, there's a man on like, a mission. I don't know if they're armed or not. I know they got a crowbar because that's what they broke in the windows with. Man, this is scary. I can't believe this is happening in this neighborhood. Can you see anything at all? No, I just see where they went in the house. I can't see in the house. I understand that, but you can see where they entered in? Yes. So they might slip out the same way or trying to keep them busy. I can't see the front. I can go out the front, but if I go out the front, I'm bringing my shotgun with me, I swear to God. No. I'm not going to let them get away with it. I can't take a chance on getting killed over this, okay? No, man. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot. Stay inside the house and don't go out there, okay? Yeah. And I know what you're feeling, but it's not worth shooting someone over this, okay? I don't want to, but, I mean, if I go out there, you well, know, no. to see what's going on, I mean, what choice no, no. am I going to have? No, I don't want you to go out there. Yeah, and you know, the 911 caller's got good training. Obviously, he's just trying to keep him in the dialogue and in the discourse and uh, while the police are on their way, and all of that's fine. And I, I'm not really trying to criticize what the 911 call, uh, uh, operator said, but I do want to point out that, that he's really making the wrong point. The man, the man in the house doesn't really care about the neighbor's property. That's not the issue. I mean, he wants to defend their property and all that, but it's not about the property. It's the fact that justice is being violated, that uh, the way he sees the order of things things ought to be 
is the is not the way it is. And so the man wants to go out and do something about it. He's having a really hard time holding himself back. And you can tell for really from the beginning of the call, he's not going to hold himself back. And I mean, just listening to it, it sounds to me like he called so that he could make sure that everybody knew what he was going to do and why he was going to do it. And then he was going to go do it no matter what they said. Uh, we have one more caller I want to try to squeeze in here. Uh, and I appreciate her calling. Stephanie from San Angelo. And then we might have one after that also. Stephanie in San Angelo, thanks so much for calling. And uh, what are you thinking about all this? Well, you know, I, uh, first of all, I believe in the death penalty. I believe in um, using what force is necessary. Okay. But I also think that as Christians, sometimes we don't always ask God for wisdom about how we should proceed. Sure. And that we need to use more restraint than maybe what society says we sh- what society allows sure. for us to use. Well, sure. You know I- what I mean? Yeah, I do. I understand exactly what you're saying, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go 100 percent with you, Stephanie, on this one. I, I think part of the problem is not just our culture and our society, but the fact that human nature is to resort to violence or to force when there doesn't seem to be any other solution. And so, part of human nature is this fight or flight reflex that we have, and when the fight reflex comes up and we want to attack or charge, force is the natural next step that we take, and so it becomes an expression of our emotion or an expression of our adrenaline, but most often an expression of our anger. And because man's anger, human anger, simply does not uh, carry out the righteousness of God, and you know you can say whatever you want about that, but that James makes it pretty clear. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. It's very clear. So because our anger does not accomplish God's righteousness, if our anger is what's provoking the activity, then we're not contributing righteousness to the circumstance. Now, that doesn't condemn the use of force, and it doesn't mean that force can't be used appropriately and righteously even when I am angry, but anger can't be the thing that's motivating it. And I think that has a lot to do with the problem that Stephanie even was introducing just then. Uh, Rich, thanks so much for calling in from Longview also. So I appreciate your holding. I'm sorry to keep everybody waiting so long on the line, but uh, Rich, what's your opinion about all this? Well, my opinion is is uh, I believe it's it's a justifiable uh, right and a duty to for a Christian to defend himself. Even the Lord Himself cast His evil angels down the fire pits of hell, <laughs> you know, because of misdoing and misdeeds. Sure, I understand he, what you're he, saying. And He sent you know He sent plagues on on the Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, I will make this point. Uh, if we're going to acknowledge that God, is, that we're not universalists, that God judges some people for eternity, then it's really hard to understand why the concept of force is automatically associated with evil or with some kind of violation. I want you to hear uh, the rest of what happens with this 911 call and uh, with the, well, with the result of it. Listen to this. Don't, don't, don't go out the door. They just stole something. I'm going out the window. No, I'm sorry. No, I ain't, well, gonna, I ain't no. let them get away with it. They stole something. I'm okay. doing it. Not I'm sorry. The house. This ain't right, buddy. You're going to get yourself shot if you go outside of that house with a gun. You want to make a bet? Okay, <laughs> stay in the house. That's like saying sick them to a dog. Away. That's all right. Property's not worth killing someone over. He's not doing it for okay. the property, though, and don't that's not going to win the argument. Don't be shooting nobody. I know you're frustrated, but don't do it. They got a bag of loot. Okay. How big is the bag? I'm not suggesting Mr. Tin Horn is right here, yeah. but he's not going to be stopped. I can't. I'm going outside. I'll find out. I don't want you going outside. Here it goes, buddy. You hear the shotgun? It doesn't take long. This doesn't take long, y'all. Hello? You're dead. Well, I mean, as soon as he's out, he's shooting.
man. I I mean, just as soon as that took place. Get the place. law over here quick. I've man, get one of them's in the front yard over there. He's down. The other one's run down the street. Where are I had you? no charge that came in the front yard with me, man. Now, I'm not saying his particular behavior was the right thing to do. I'm not saying it was the wrong thing to do either. I'm not passing judgment on him. A grand jury in Houston no-billed him. Uh, he's not facing any charges for it. He followed the law in Texas. I'm not encouraging that kind of behavior in any way. I'm not discouraging it. I'm simply saying that's what happened. My question for you is, as Christians, do we stand up for righteousness? Most importantly, we stand up to represent the righteousness of God. However we do it, we represent Jesus Christ. Come back in just a minute. We're going to have Cal Thomas on Jerry Johnson Live. listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. All right. I'm always having a great time when I get to talk with you all. Love the calls that we've had. Love the subjects we've been talking about. Our uh, plan is to be able to speak with Cal Thomas. Uh, his his uh, goal was to talk with us about the fact that the Dallas Morning News has uh, already cut his... Uh, editorials his uh his column from their newspaper and so we're not we're not hearing from cal thomas in the dallas morning news anymore now that's not a horrific thing but it is a bad thing because his christian perspective is really strong and needs to be heard needs to be represented there are some still some conservative columnists but it would be really good to defend this and i just want to encourage you to do this now uh, we're trying to get him on the line right now we're going to get to him right away but in the meantime i just want to encourage you to do this to contact the dallas morning news and encourage them politely in a positive way, encourage them to uh, to renew the column for Cal Thomas. And we're going to get to him in just a few minutes. Before that, we have another guest on the line. Hey, uh, we've got both of them on the line now. This is going to be perfect. Uh, first of all, let me just say welcome to Cal Thomas. I appreciate your being on the air with us, and we're, uh, we're really privileged to be able to speaking with you. Well, it's my privilege to be with you. Thank you. Hey, I, I hear bad news about your column in the Dallas Morning News. I was just telling the audience about that. What's up with that? Well, it's a, quite a surprise. I've been in that uh, fine newspaper since uh, the beginning of my column 24 years ago. Uh, I've been in there a little more than 23 years and have had tremendous feedback from the Dallas community and, you know, pro and con, but right. mostly pro. Sure. Uh, I address a lot of the moral, spiritual, and cultural issues that I think most people would agree are at the center not only of this presidential campaign, right. but at the center of our uh, our culture and uh, and our country at the moment. And I was the only one that was canceled. They said they did it for uh, space and budget re- reasons. Well, but one of the people who uh, they claim they still maintained as a columnist stopped writing his uh, column in January. So it's hard to believe that that's a straightforward yeah. answer. No, I, I, in fact, I, I, would, I would assume your, your fan base here would be huge because of the audience that's in the Metroplex. Uh, but before I get you to respond on why you actually think it happened, if you have an opinion about why you think it happened, I want to say thanks to Dr. Johnson for calling in also and joining us today. Dr. Johnson, you there? Yes, Denny, and hello, Cal. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, um, I just want to thank you, Cal, for your ministry to the folks in the Dallas region. You've been standing up for truth all of these years. And, you know, according to the Gallup poll, I'm just noting that about 75% of Americans identify themselves with Christianity. Now, I know that all of them aren't really born-again Christians, but the point is this. You've got the other conservatives like George Will and Thomas Sowell and Rod Dreher in that paper but Cal is the only person who brought the unique Christian right. worldview to bear. And, uh, 
you know, with this high percentage of people identifying with Christianity, it just seems to me that the Dallas Morning News, because I think the percentage is higher in Dallas, it seems to me that our paper would want that point of view to be represented. Well, thank you. I certainly think so. Obviously, uh, one of the former uh, editorial page editors, who's a good friend of mine, uh, said she was shocked to hear this, and this would never have happened on on her watch. Uh, You know, at a time when uh, we are told we have to tolerate all kinds of other ideas, same-sex marriage, uh, the sensitivities of Muslims, uh, and everything that comes down the pike, uh, burning the flag in public, foul speech, uh, all kinds of terrible magazines at the eye level of a child at the checkout line, and uh, lifting up people getting pregnant out of wedlock, you would think there would be a little space <laughs> on the op-ed page of the Dallas Morning News for somebody with a counter point of view. Now, this is Barry Creamer on Jerry Johnson Live. We're privileged to have Cal Thomas on the line and Dr. Johnson calling in from London and able to interact with him on the fact that his column has been canceled from the Dallas Morning News despite the fact that he should have a huge fan base here in the Metroplex. So, Dr. Johnson, I'm just going to invite you to chime in again. Sorry to cut in there. Well, look, I just want to make the point, and I think Cal can identify with this, there is a conservative point of view, but there is also a Christian point of view. That's right. Many times, many times these views overlap but sometimes they don't. And it is important when they don't to have the Christian point of view. Cal brought that. We need that. We're going to miss that. I think we need to let people know, right? because Cal has been speaking out on the environment, on church and state, on the religious right, and uh, as a former operative in the religious right. He had a unique prophetic message to bring, I think, to conservative Christians. We're just not going to get that without him. Uh, Cal, can I ask you a question real quickly? Sure. Uh, I, I just want to know if you've dealt at all with Kevin Ann Willie, the, the current editor for the editorial page. Have you, have you dealt with her at all? Do you know what would have motivated this, in your opinion? Well, I've never met her. I wrote her a letter when I heard about this last week, and I expressed my shock and surprise, and I told her that... Uh, you know, one of the one of the things she said was that uh, well, we've got all these other conservatives, and I think Jerry is absolutely right. Uh, not all uh, conservatives are are uh, Christians, and, right? Uh, and and actually, not all Christians are conservatives necessarily, though sure. they tend to be more so. I've noticed, uh, and uh, I haven't heard back from her yet. But to be fair, she probably only got the letter on Monday. Right? Uh, she's relatively new at the paper. She came from Phoenix. I don't know anything about her. I've never met her. And uh, it's bad to try to assess the motives of somebody else. But as I look down the list of the conservatives that uh, she says she is keeping, to my knowledge, uh, well, well, let me put it this way, none of them is uh, is writing about uh, the kinds of things that I write about, uh, Mm -hmm. whether it's abortion or uh, same-sex marriage or what uh, Barack Obama has been saying and and, uh, about his alleged Christianity and this sort of thing. So. Uh, none of the others touch on this, and, you know, if, if folks think this is an important voice, I certainly would encourage them to express themselves, especially if they're a subscriber. Now, yeah. you know, if, if you're on the left side of the political spectrum, if something like that happened to one of their liberal columnists, they'd be canceling subscriptions all over the place. Yeah, and, I, and I'm encouraging our listeners to, to email her, kwilly at dallasnews.com, or to, or to call the newspaper and encourage them to, to take the column back up again. It's 214-977-8253 if you want to call them, and just tell them you want Cal Thomas's uh, column back. You can look that up on my blog also. I've got it there, so you can just click, and you'll 
still email her directly, but, uh, you know, we may not be able to assess her motives, but we can help motivate her uh, so that she might <laughs> be well willing to, to take it back up. Uh, Dr. Johnson, I know we only have you for a little while since you're in London, so I just want to give you an opportunity to ask any questions or, or make any other comments with uh, Mr. Thomas while we have him. Hey, Cal, you've been writing about Obama, particularly that he's no Joshua. Uh, <laughs> lay that on our people. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Well, he's got this thing called the uh, the Joshua Project, and he's trying to uh, identify with the Old Testament prophet. And as I wrote in a uh, in a column, uh, of course, uh, Joshua didn't uh, lead the uh, initial uh, Jewish nation uh, into the Promised Land because they didn't believe uh, God's promise, and God allowed them all to die out, and only their children to enter the, uh, Canaan under Joshua's leadership. So I said in my column, I guess that means that if we don't have faith in Obama, uh, then all of us are going to die in the wilderness. Uh, this guy is really clever. He has been to school on religious language. The Democratic Party has moved a long way from the time a few years ago when uh, Howard Dean said that his favorite New Testament book was the book of Job. Uh, these guys have been to school, and they know how to manipulate and use religious language. Obama told uh, the religion editor for the Chicago Sun-Times, and this was in my column in uh, 2004, that he believed that many different faiths could provide uh, salvation. And when asked by the reporter, and I was surprised that she knew this verse, but I found out later she is a Christian, uh, what about Jesus' uh, comment that I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but by me? And Obama said, well, basically that was open to interpretation. Well, that certainly <laughs> sounds pretty exclusive to me. It didn't sound like he was saying, well, you know, there were many ways to God. And if there are many ways to God other than through Jesus Christ, then he wasted his time and suffered an awful lot coming to earth to redeem the human race. He could have stayed in heaven and set down a list of do's and don'ts. Hey, I just want to play this audio from Obama where he's saying exactly that. If you'll listen to this and just react to it for a moment. Here you go. We all have to work together, Christian and Jew, Hindu and Muslim, believer and non-believer alike, to meet the challenges of the 21st century. Sounds good, but I think he means a lot more by that than uh, just we have to cooperate politically. Well, look, I've always said uh, I, I, I'm interested in somebody's faith, but I'm more interested in whether they can run the country. Uh, I would, if I'm hit by a bus, I might be interested in whether the ambulance driver goes to church or not or what he believes, but I'm more interested in whether he knows the way to the hospital. So uh, I think if you are competent and if you have experience and the kind of background that, in my judgment, Obama does not have, uh, and you're also a believer that's icing on the cake. But look, we got Jimmy Carter. Here's a guy who knew how to, uh, sure. you know, he, claimed, he said he was born again. He went to the First Baptist Church in Washington. He was First Baptist in Plains, Georgia. He could quote scripture. But he was a terrible president, in my judgment. Uh, he was a left winger. He hired Sarah Weddington, who argued Roe versus Wade before the Supreme Court as one of his top aides. So just because, you know, you call him Lord, Lord, doesn't mean you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So I'm interested in this, but I, that's not the fundamental reason that I'm going to vote for somebody. I would take somebody who is a secularist, who is a really, really good president and could defend this nation, right. over somebody who used religious language and, and was an incompetent. Right. Dr. Johnson, a last word before this break? Well, just have a question for Cal. Cal, I've been concerned that perhaps the Evangelical Manifesto was providing cover for a lot of Christians to vote for Obama. And do you think Obama's position on abortion, even infanticide or on gay marriage, do you think this will counter that coverage given by the Evangelical Manifesto? 
You know, I read that, and the only evangelical manifesto I need is the Word of God. Uh, the man who led me to Christ a number of years ago said, uh, if you want more than Christ, you really want less than Christ, because Christ is God's mm. everything. I don't need men writing manifestos. I have everything I need in the Word of God. But That's I good. think people should be very, very careful of what's going on. Politicians, and not just religious politicians, but politicians know how to manipulate language to get people to vote for them. This is what polling is about. This is what focus groups are about. They go out and take all these things. That, well, what, what do people most care about? Okay, I'll tell them that. And by the time the election comes, you really don't know if they mean it. And then people are shocked once they get an office that they don't do what they said they were going to do. Hey, I hate so, to cut in at this moment, but we're about to come up on a break. Uh, Mr. Thomas, are we going to be able to hang on to you through the break? Sure, I'd be delighted. And uh, Dr. Johnson? Yes, I'll stay on. All right, fantastic. We'll get right back with you. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Stay on uh, stay on the air here. You're going to have a great time coming back with Cal Thomas and Jerry Johnson. Have you thought about getting a master's degree but think your schedule is too busy? Now you can increase your education and biblical knowledge in just one day a week. The new one-day Master of Divinity program at Crystal College allows you to get a master's by attending class on Mondays. Get equipped for effective ministry or get one step closer to your doctorate. Pick from a great list of concentrations like counseling, evangelism, pastoral ministry, philosophy, Jewish studies, and more. At Crystal College, you'll learn from some of the best professors and get valuable experience in and out of the classroom. With a Master of Divinity degree, you'll open up a whole new level of ministry and career opportunities. It's as easy as one day a week. If I can do this with my crazy schedule, I know you can too. MDiv Monday at Crystal College. Call us at 800-899-0012 or check us out at chriswell.edu. Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Chriswell College. See us on the web at chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. I'll establish a new Council for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. The new name will reflect a new commitment. This council will not just be another name on the White House organizational chart. It will be a critical part of my administration. We have a couple of men on the line to talk about uh, Obama's commitment to that faith-based initiative idea. Uh, We have Jerry Johnson on the line first, who's in London for an annual class offered by Chriswell at Oxford. And uh, he's over there now. And Dr. Johnson, I just want to say thanks again for taking the time to call in and be with us. Good to be back. And uh, we also have Cal Thomas on the line, whose column has just recently, of course everybody knows who Cal Thomas is, but his column has just recently been dropped from the Dallas Morning News after something like 24 years of being published there. And if you're wanting to contact the Dallas Morning News to say to them, bring back this column, then you'd want to contact Kevin Ann Willie. She's the uh, editor over the editorial page at kwillie at dallasnews.com or at 214-977-8253, or you could write to their address at 508 Young Street, Dallas 75202. Uh, you can always just click onto my blog, barrycreamer.com, and I've got the names and the clickable addresses right there. So you can just click it, and you'll send them an email and say, get 
him back in the columns. So uh, I want to. I, I, I was hoping to get your reaction, uh, Cal or Dr. Johnson, either one. I was hoping to get your reaction on the Obama quote about faith-based ministries and what well, he's wanting. Barry, to do. I've been uh, bipartisan on this. Uh, I've opposed uh, President Bush's uh, inauguration of the so-called faith-based initiative, and I certainly oppose Barack Obama's. And here's why. Uh, I think that, you know, in the old days, we used to, as they say, pray it in. We asked God to supply the needs of his people to do the work that he wanted done on earth. When you start taking money from Caesar, you ultimately are going to have to compromise the very life-transforming message that has succeeded in turning uh, criminals into law-abiding people, in turning prostitutes into, uh, uh, you know, celibate or married people. Uh, this is This is a great danger. Plus... What you're going to see if Obama is elected president, he's going to take a lot of that money that was going to so-called faith-based organizations uh, that George Bush had started up helping and uh, divert them into more liberal uh, groups that are more politically responsive to him. It's a very dangerous road to go down. I don't think God has declared uh, Chapter 11. I don't think that he's <laughs> out of money. I don't think that he, uh, since he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and has no needs, that he cannot provide the needs of his people to accomplish uh, his objectives. Have you got a pulpit well, there to beat on? <laughs> <laughs> Let me add to that. You know, sure. I think some good things have happened through this initiative, but Baptists have always believed that government shackles can bring government shackles, and <laughs> we don't want the government writing the rule book for our ministry, and that is the danger of these kinds of programs. I agree with Cal's caution. Cal, I want to ask you a question. You brought up this gay marriage issue. Obama was asked clearly, does the California development bother you? He said, no. Here's my question for you. Do you think California and Obama are going to nationalize this issue of gay marriage again in the presidential election? Well, there's no question. It's not just my opinion. Uh, he has a special uh, web page on gay, lesbian, transgender, and whatever else they call them issues. And on that, I was reading it yesterday, he favors overturning the Federal Defense of Marriage Act. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think there's anything that could be more clear than that. He wants to do away with a don't ask, don't tell policy that was uh, reached on a compromise with General Colin Powell and former Senator Sam Nunn of Georgia and a number of other people, uh, that if you don't promote your sexuality in the military, your homosexuality, then you can stay. But uh, any number of generals and other officers over the years will tell you that unit cohesion is important in any military force, and, and displaying your homosexuality uh, affects that unit cohesion. So, I mean, it's out of his own mouth and off of his own webpage that he wants to overturn the Defense of Marriage Act, wants to do away with don't ask, don't tell, and is perfectly fine with uh, homosexuals marrying each other if, as if that were a possibility. So, in Will that work in Ohio or Florida? I, I beg your pardon? Will that work for him in Ohio or Florida in the well, election? Well, I certainly hope not. But look, <laughs> we, we are a uh, you know a wicked and adulterous generation. We you know mm. we we com we comfort ourselves with those of us who uh, worship on Sunday morning with other believers in thinking that we are the real majority. But uh, from what I see, not only in the newspapers for which I write, but the television in which uh, I work, and the magazines and the others, is that uh, we love sin. We promote it. Who who among us? 
is promoted in the mainstream media for righteous behavior. Who is honored anymore for getting married and staying married uh, and not divorcing and not committing adultery? It's all, all of these other things that we're upholding and uplifting in our culture today. So, uh, you know, I think uh, we are very close, if we have not already entered into that period that Paul talks about in Romans, that God is giving us over. And uh, he will not strive with man forever. And if we won't listen to his voice, we wouldn't be the first nation that God has brought judgment on uh, by nations that even aren't followers of him. I think radical Islam is a perfect example of that. Certainly uh, the Muslim world judged the ancient Israelites when they refused to obey the word, the will, and the way of God. Now, those are those are strong words. I agree with everything you've just said. So what do you think Obama means when he says like this? I just want to play this for you when he says he wants to do the Lord's work. I came to see my faith as being both a personal commitment to Christ and a commitment to my community. That while I could sit in church and pray all I want, I wouldn't be fulfilling God's will unless I went out and did the Lord's work. Now, there are millions of Americans who share a similar view of their faith. Now, what, what does he mean by that? I don't, I don't understand well, that at all. let me all. tell you. First of all, the Lord's work is this. Go and make disciples. That was the direct command, what we know as the Great Commission, that the Lord gave us just before he left us in his physical body to ascend to heaven. It isn't to recruit Republicans or Democrats. It's not what would Jesus ride or drive as if he needed to drive anything when he could appear and disappear at will in a room uh, in his resurrection body. Uh, this is all baloney. This is a synergy, a universalism. The Lord's will to Obama means bigger government with more programs. The government is my keeper, I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of poverty, the Health and Human Services Department will be there to comfort me with food stamps and AFDC payments. <laughs> well, I want to say amen to that, Cal. And let me just say to our people, uh, we really ought to be calling the Dallas Morning News and writing right. them. And, Barry, okay. I'm going to have to go at this point. But I want to say, Cal, if they don't put you back on, uh, we're going to make up for lost time and have you on Jerry Johnson live again and again right. so that Dallas can hear what you have to say. Well, that's very kind of you, Jerry. Thank you so much. Enjoy Oxford. And also let me just say, uh, Cal Thomas, what a privilege it is to be able to talk to you. I, I, we only have about 30 seconds left here. But I just want to ask you, what frightens you most if uh, Obama becomes president? Well, first of all, God is in charge, and he puts up the leaders he wants and Amen. brings down the ones he doesn't want. So uh, I'm not worried about it. Uh, I mean, Good. look, we're right on schedule. But I, I do believe, because of what he said, he wants to tax more, spend more, and grow government more, and regulate more, right. and take over more and more of our lives. I think this is an erosion of our liberty, and I think he's a very dangerous individual. Man, thank you so much for being on the air with us. It's always a privilege to talk to you. And thanks to everybody for listening today to Jerry Johnson Live. Join us again tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.